than like it's meant to be. And the thing is that electricity is like your nervous system being like, oh, I know this person. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and ICF certified women's life coach. And I help women to harness the power of their period and connect to their feminine flow. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, hormones, confidence, health, food, money, sex, business, feminine flow, your brain, energy, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new chicken nuggets and truth bombs, as I don't have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are thinking but too afraid to say. Hi, everybody. So... This is going to be such a juicy episode. I'm so fucking excited for you guys to listen to this. Um, and you guys have left the most amazing questions in my uh, on my Instagram. So I'm really excited to dive on in. Few first things that I want to jump into. And please listen to this first thing at least. Um, you guys send me the most beautiful messages on Instagram telling me how much my podcast has changed your life or how much you're enjoying it, X, Y, and Z. Can you please, please, please take those two minutes and can you please leave them as a written review on the podcast? There's over 160 reviews and I appreciate every single one of them, guys. Um, but when I'm asking for a review, because like it's that value exchange like I've talked about, I, it, means, it means a lot to me when you actually just take two minutes, not even two minutes, one minute, to just write a review, not just click the five-star thing or whatever you're clicking, but actually write a written review. It's big. So please, 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 can you do that? That would be amazing because it takes a lot of time for me to do these and I really love doing them. Um, but I also would really appreciate you guys giving me the reviews because it's very helpful in terms of growing my brand and then be able to get like, um, sponsors and stuff for the podcast so that I can make money off my podcast and that kind of jazz. So I'd really appreciate that, please. And it's also really good because then people look at the reviews and they're like, oh my God, all these people have said these amazing things. I'm going to listen to this episode as well. And then that's awesome, obviously, because then I can help them to understand all this sort of stuff. And you guys would be like, yes, because it's obviously helping you because you're still fucking listening. So Today we are talking about trauma bonding and dating and Disney and like all that fucking jazz. So it's going to be a free flow episode as per usual, um, where you guys have asked me these questions. I'm going to go through and explain a few things and then we'll just jam. Um, and as per usual on the podcast, this is like the intro level to everything. And if you're wanting to dive deeper, then you can work with me if you're wanting to dive deeper on that stuff. Okay. Oh, and if you haven't downloaded my workbook um, guide for the different phases of your workbook guide, workout guide for the different phases of your cycle, I'll put the link below and you can also grab that now. Um, and that will make your workouts way easier. And I explain everything in there. So, okay, let's dive straight on in guys. So what is fucking trauma bonding? Now, you know, when like, and I just, actually, I want to firstly preface, if you're in a relationship and you're like, fuck, this was trauma bonding when I first met my boyfriend or my husband, it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong relationship because if you guys are in a healthy relationship now with this open communication and you're not in these highs and lows and that's amazing. But if you're not, then, then an invitation to think about it. Right. So I don't want you, I don't want you guys feeling like, fuck, I'm in the wrong relationship. I shouldn't have been with this person. Like, Hey, if you've gone psycho ass, psycho on their ass and they're still with you, like that's awesome. Cause one of you then didn't have a trauma bond, which is important, which is at least like fucking awesome. Okay. So, you know, when you meet somebody and, um, and like, it's like this spark straight away. And then you go through all these highs and lows of like, he texts you, he doesn't text you. And when he texts you, it's like your day is so fucking good. And when he doesn't text you, you have the worst day and you're overthinking it and you're crying and you're speaking to your friends and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? 
That is a trauma bond, my friend. When I was actually just doing a live in the Queen Alchemy Facebook group, by the way, if you're wanting to join the next round of Queen Alchemy in October, that's the last round for this year. And the extended payment plan option finishes on the 6th of August. So if you miss that cutoff date, then as soon as you lose. And then I'll launch it probably later. But if you want to join, you can join early and secure your spot because the last round sold out, sold out so quickly. Anyway, I was doing a live for the girls in the Facebook group. Oh, one of the girls asked, like, why is it, like, when I'm dating, um, like, a new dude, I, like, I'm, like, craving his attention? And I'm like, oh, no, you're not craving his attention. You're craving daddy's attention. And the highs and the lows that you're getting from him, that's a trauma bond where it feels amazing when he texts you or when he doesn't, you're in limbo land and you're overthinking. Yeah, that's because your nervous system is like, I'm used to this because daddy would come and go, go to work, leave, and then go on a three-week work trip and then come back and give you all the love and then leave again, then buy you this and then blah, blah, blah. That is a trauma bond, my friend, where then you go and you actually manifest the exact same thing in your relationships because your nervous system is used to it. So I've been talking a little bit about in the last couple of episodes about like expanding your nervous system um, and how to do that, especially in like the, the, the masculine, how the masculine has to expand their nervous system and whatnot. You also need to as well if you're a feminine being. By the way, men can listen to this episode as well, guys, um, because it's the same way. I'm just going to it's the same thing for men as well. Um, this isn't a woman's only kind of thing. We both have this where a trauma bond is shown, right? And when you have a trauma bond, basically anything that is not not familiar to your nervous system seems boring, vanilla, or like not my vibe. So you'll meet these other really great dudes and um, or you'll say like, why they're no nice guys. And actually there are nice guys, but you find the nice guys boring or you find the nice guys vanilla and you don't even get to know them because you're like, eh, there's no spark straight away right? And so there's no spark straight fucking away. And I'm, when I say spark, I don't mean like, oh yeah, like he's kind of cute. I mean like electricity kind of, I want to rip your clothes off and ravish the fuck out of you right now. That's the spark that I'm talking about. And so often what can happen is if there isn't that spark on the first date, we just like ditch the person. We're like, nah, not a vibe. When actually in actual fact, sometimes they're not being a spark is a really fucking good thing. It's a really good thing because it means there isn't a trauma bond like that's showing up yet. Um, and a trauma bond can obviously come later. There isn't a trauma bond showing up yet. And so you could slowly move into the relationship. And because you're not addicted from the get go, you are, it's going to be easier for you to pick up red flags and leave without being addicted to the person. Because what happens is people get into a trauma bond at the beginning of a relationship and then they see red flags. It's happened to me and they see red flags and they brush them off because they're addicted to the person and to the relationship. And this addiction is a trauma bond. That's what it is. Uh, I'm going to go through your questions in a little bit, but I just want to keep explaining this kind of stuff. So basically when it, when, when it comes to trauma, we do a lot of trauma stuff in my certification because as you guys know, trauma is the peanut butter, butter to my jelly. I fucking love trauma stuff. And we actually are doing it at the moment in the certification. I really, oh my God, I had the juiciest um, uh, Zoom call with my students last night and I was so fucking loud. The window was open. I live in a muse in London. And, um, in muses, it echoes a lot. Like I can hear everything from everybody. If there's a baby crying across the street, I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like it's so annoying. Anyway, you can hear everything. Um, I can hear when people's dishwashers are fucking done in like the house across from me. It's crazy. Um, and my window was wide open. It was like midnight cause the calls are really late here in London. Um, and I was very passionate as I usually am talking very loudly. Cause I only have two volumes loud or louder. And <laughs> anyway, and one of my neighbors was screaming out the window telling me to 
to be quiet. She's like, neighbor, be quiet. Anyway, so fucking funny. Point being is what I was actually getting to. If you're wanting to do the next round of the certification, make sure that you're on the wait list. Right, right fucking now, like pause this and get on the wait list if you're not already there, because I'm only going to be opening up the early bird applications this month to the people on the wait list. That's it. Um, and it's going to be opening up the last week of August. And if you miss out, you miss out. You cannot get the early bird option after this cutoff date. So please make sure that you're in there. Um, okay, whatever. I'm going back to this. So trauma stuff. Now, when you, when it comes to trauma, and if you're a certification student listening to this, you already know this, but a good recap thing. When it comes to trauma, trauma actually can become an addiction because what happens, a really, really basic understanding of trauma is that, by the way, trauma does not need to be rape. It could be your mom saying no to you once when you were little. It can be anything. All trauma is, is an energetic block in your body. That's all it is, right? Where there is energy stuck in your body and you didn't finish a trauma cycle because in the wild, animal finish, animals finish trauma cycles and humans often don't finish a trauma cycle because we get stuck in the trauma. Somebody hugs us. Someone tells us to stop crying. We tell ourselves to stop crying. And so what happens is we lock the trauma inside of us. Anyway, whatever. I'm not going to go too into that because that's for my certification stuff. But point being is when you have trauma, your body starts to elicit cortisol and adrenaline. And if you don't do the work to clear your trauma subconsciously, this is why trauma relates to your period. Subconsciously, what happens is your body continues to secrete cortisol and adrenaline. Even when the actual trauma, the actual threat has disappeared, your body can continue to elicit this, especially when you get triggered. So what happens is one of two things. One, your period will just disappear or your health will go down the drain and you can't figure out why. This is for men and women. So women, obviously their periods might disappear or your period could get really painful and change. Um, and then men, your health go down the drain. Your libido could go down the drain. And the reason why you're, why this happens, one of two things, right? Whether it's a man's health or a, a woman's health, your skin could flare up, whatever it is, is because you've got all this cortisol in your system and it's not good for your health. But you don't understand why this health issue is happening because the cortisol is actually subconscious. So you're not even recognizing that you you've got a lot of stress in your life. And then the other side of the other side of it is you actually get addicted to the cortisol and adrenaline because it is addictive. Cortisol and adrenaline is fucking addictive. This is why people that have a lot of trauma or men that have gone to war, they often will only feel alive in the face of like trauma or danger, right? Where their body is secreting cortisol and adrenaline because it's addictive and it feels fucking good. We can all agree that when you have sometimes like a crazy cortisol or adrenaline rush, it feels fucking good. Yeah, that's what happens. So you become addicted to it. Now, this then relates into a trauma cycle, right? Which is what I'm talking about here, where you actually become addicted to the adrenaline rush. Classic example, he doesn't text you, you're feeling shit, he texts you. What happens? A cortisol, an adrenaline rush, and you feel really good. You get that hit of dopamine, right? And that little hit of dopamine becomes that addiction for you that makes you keep wanting more. And it stops you from going, this is not a vibe, I'm cutting this out it makes you want them more and more and more. And if you're a dude, it could be like her playing hard to get, for example, but it, it's still a trauma bond. Now, obviously men love the chase to an extent, but if she's actually being a fucking bitch, then you're actually addicted, addicted to the adrenaline and the cortisol that your body feels. Hopefully that makes sense, everybody. So basically you're addicted to the adrenaline, the cortisol, and the hit of dopamine that you get from whatever little things they give you, whether it's the little compliments or the messages or like, hey, I'd love to see you tonight, like that kind of stuff that gives you that hit of like, oh, I'm going to keep talking to them. I'm going to keep seeing them. I'm going to keep dating them. Even when you know you fucking shouldn't, even when you are crying the day beforehand because he hasn't texted you or whatever, 
this is a this is a trauma bond. Now, what often also happens with a trauma bond is that you don't feel because you're so addicted to them, you don't feel like you can actually tell them, hey, what you're doing isn't cool. These like the little crumbs that they leave you, um, like nourish that starvation that you've got. So you're starved for love. And this is also where like doing this inner work is super important. Hold on, I'm gonna have a sip of my tea. That's why doing the inner work is so important because often what will happen is if you don't feel worthy of something. Right. Or if you have the other extreme, if you feel too much, this used to be me. I felt like I was too much for people um, and too much for men. Then if any man would like give me a bit of attention because I felt starved of it or whatever it was, what can happen is then you get these like that little dopamine up from his little like crumb of love basically is so satisfying to your system and it feels so fucking good. And that keeps the cycle going where you're wanting more and more and more. And you forget all the shit that he's also that he's doing to you um, or that he's not doing to you, actually, I should say, by not texting you or not planning things or leaving you high and dry or canceling on you. You forget that stuff because the dopamine and the oxytocin makes you forget it because you get that hit that high from when he does do things. Okay. And these little crumbs basically keep you hooked, whether it's, whether it's you, whether you are a man and the girl and the woman that you're with leaves you little crumbs and it keeps you hooked or vice versa. Okay. Um, that's what can happen. I'm going, I'm, oh, I'm losing myself. Where am I? I need to go back and really listen to this one sec. Oh yeah. So what I was saying was that when you do, when you do this inner work and then, um, you actually feel so whole and loved, what will happen is that you won't tolerate people's fucking bullshit. You're like, this is unacceptable. Like don't be a shit human. And I always come back to this. It's like, it's not about being a shit man or a shit woman or like, he's a dick. She's a bitch. It's like, actually, it's just like shit human behavior. Okay. That's what I'm talking about now. Side note, and you guys can listen to the How to Get Your Man to Lead episode and the recent one I did of Masculine and Feminine and also the Sex Dating and the Me Too movement ones and X, Y, and Z, and I'm sure there'll be more and whatever of like the men and like masculine and feminine in a relationship, whether it's same sex or heterosexual, it doesn't matter. Um, now, obviously like if you're a man and you're like, Oh my God, she's a bitch. Actually, she might just be expressing emotion to you and you don't know how to hold it. And if you're a woman and you're like, Oh my God, he's a dick. Maybe he's drawing a boundary and you don't know how to fucking receive boundaries. So we're also, we also need to factor in that, but I'm trying to keep this just like pretty fucking general, but I also want you guys to know that this is a complex case. And this is why listening to a podcast isn't going to change your life in that, you know, it's not, you're not going to be embodying it. And that's why I definitely recommend that you look at doing queen alchemy or working with me one-on-one if you're wanting like a deeper layer of a deeper level of transformation, especially when it comes to this kind of stuff. Cause this is a deep, deep kind of shit. Okay. Um, something else as well with trauma bonding is if you like, and I used to be like this, I actually used to crave drama. Oh my God. One of my, um, first serious boyfriends, my first guy that I was in love with, um, or I told him, like we told each other, I love you. Um, I was like, how old I've been like 20. I think I was, we met when I was becoming a ski instructor in Whistler. It was a very intense relationship because we were friends for a month. We were living in the same house with like 14 other people. And then he made the move and we like fell madly in love, right? Because we were living together. Anyway, um, looking back, I was like, fuck, there was like so many issues in that, but whatever. We, we, we learned through our mistakes and I'm super grateful for it because he did teach me a lot still. Anyway, um, and I learned a lot of myself. So point being is we actually, one of our first fights that we have, I remember this fight so fucking distinctly and I was doing it. I was trying to sabotage the relationship subconsciously. This is before I'd done any work on myself. FYI ladies, super in my, in my masculine, right? So, I mean, deep down, I actually wanted to be like whisked away and I wanted to just like have a man look after me and me just be like, 
like just taken basically, but I didn't want to admit that. And I didn't know how to do that. It was a very wounded feminine thing, but I was showing up in like an alpha masculine kind of way as a protective mechanism. But deep down, I actually just wanted a man's love and attention because I was craving that from my dad. But I remember this, I remember exactly where we were in New York City and it would have been like 11 p.m. at night. Like I literally, I've walked past this spot so many times and I'm like, lol. And I started a fight, guess what, based on what? I started a fight because we weren't having enough fights. That's correct. I started a fight because I thought that we should be fighting more. I thought that it was normal in relationships to fight because it was like a test and a sign that um, we were meant to be together because we could get through a fight. And if you didn't fight, then you weren't really showing your true colors. And that was, I mean, that was just fucking stupid, right? But what's actually important to understand is that a lot of people secretly crave drama in their relationships because we can become addicted to that hormonal roller coaster that I was telling you about before that like we get ourselves into. And like, I used to be addicted to drama. I've said this so many times to you before on my podcast, I used to be heavily addicted to stress and I have to catch myself sometimes if I've, if I'm slipping a little bit or if something's popped up or if I've had a really stressful week at work, I can get addicted to the stress again. I can get addicted to the high and I have to be really careful of that. Now I've become so hyper aware in a good way, not overly aware as in not like psycho aware, but I've become quite aware of in my relationship, making sure that, um, I'm monitoring if I'm about to self-sabotage because I'm finding there's like a quote unquote problem when there isn't a problem, it's actually that I'm, there's, there's no drama or there's no fighting or there's no trauma bond. And I catch myself doing this because I'm super aware of it. And that's kind of the first step with self-sabotage of knowing how you self-sabotage and grabbing it when it comes in and being like, haha, good fucking try. We're not doing that. We are not doing that, okay? Um, so that's really important. So if you secretly crave drama in your relationship, that's also like a sign of trauma bonding, okay? Um, and if you feel like, and if you also worry about things that will like set them off or like, oh, I shouldn't say this because I don't want him to leave me, that's a trauma bond, right? Because you should be able to say what's on your mind or what's on your heart. And if they leave you for it, fucking awesome because they're not the person for you, right? Because you want to be with somebody where you can share what's on your heart. You can draw a boundary. You can tell them what's happening for you from a really beautiful space. Can a Communication is fucking key, guys. Like if you don't know how to communicate, probably fucking learn it. Um, you need to be able to communicate with, with your partner and not worry about them leaving. You want to be able to have a relationship where you know I can bring my darkest side to the table and they will fully see me, hold me, and love me in it, right? Fuck yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay, awesome. Um, and then well, something else with trauma bonding, which is a pretty obvious one, is like if you brush them off with bad behaviors. Like you kind of know it's bad, but you brush it off and you make excuses all the times, all the time for them. That also can be a trauma bond. Not always. Like sometimes there actually is an excuse if you want to back them up, but like sometimes there isn't a fucking excuse. Okay. So basically when it comes to like soulmates and, and like whether are they a soulmate, are they not? Like people get people, Disney, thank you actually, fucking Disney in the media has basically told us you want electricity. If there's elect, this is in the movies, right? Like electricity between when the, when the girl meets boy, elect electricity, and they literally put the graphic in the movie um, of, of there's electricity between, um, the man and the woman, then like it's meant to be. And the thing is that electricity is like your nervous system being like, Oh, I know this person. I know it. Cause they're like daddy. That's all like, they're like mommy. If you're a dude, that's what your nervous system is doing. And then we're told if there's no spark, not a vibe, just like, nah, not a vibe. 
go date somebody else. And, and we're never told or we're never encouraged like, hey, why don't you just like get to know them and not put this expectation of on the first date or the first meeting, I have to want to marry them, rip their clothes off. Like, what about that? We're not really told that in the media. And Disney's really fucked us in terms of dating, right? The reason why Disney's fucked us in terms of dating is because for women, we have put this prince in mind of how it's meant to be. And we're constantly being let down because we have this ridiculous expectation of how it's meant to be. And but at the same time, in reality, we wouldn't actually want that if we actually fucking had it. Okay. It's like, it's like we're living in this Disney world, but the world, the society that we live in is not Disney as in, as in if a man like, um, you know, what's like a, like Cinderella. So if a man like grabbed a woman at 12 and was like, no, stay. And then like took her shoe and then like tracked her down. That could now be classed as like sexual harassment, which FYI, I'm like, that's fucking stupid because if he's not actually harming her, whatever. Um, but you guys know my take on that. If you don't go back and listen to like episode, I'm going to say 85 ish sex dating and me too movement. And then I did one with, um, I did one a bit, a bit around there as well about like me too stuff and just the masculine feminine. You guys understand, like you, I've talked about this a lot, right? And I can do another episode on it if I need to, but also wait for the TED talk. It's going to be fucking juicy. So, um, what was I going to say? So yeah, we're kind of, um, brought up in this reality of like, that's what we want a man to do. We want a man to do that. But the thing is like a man won't do that these days, not because maybe he doesn't want to, but because like he literally can't because he's afraid of actually being put in through a fucking jail. So in our minds, a lot of women are living in this Disney fairy tale of what we want. But the reality is that we literally cannot get that. And, or the reality is that you, if someone actually gave you that, you wouldn't be able to receive it. Now this is fucking important. You might meet somebody that is no, that is not a trauma bond and you will come up with a scenario of like, they're boring. They're not for me. It's too easy. Um, or like this just seems too fucking good. And there you go. So you've got yourself a prince and you're pushing it away because you are not embodied in your feminine and you're not in your heart and you're not able to tune into your intuition. And therefore you don't even know that, um, that they're really good for you. You're like, uh, no, this is fucking weird. Right. So that's really important. I'm going to use an example back in, I'm going to use a trauma bond example, um, from one of my recent, one of my, one of my recent relationships, one of my previous relationships, which I've talked about him before on the podcast, the dude that like really got me into the stuff and called me a cold bitch. Um, and like, I thank him for that. Like, I honestly wish that he was not such a, he's got a lot of issues still. And like, I, I think I told you guys this, I was in Aspen, I was going to try and actually like, um, get him on the podcast. Cause I'd love for him to explain, um, Chris, if you're listening, can you actually fucking do this? I'd love for him to actually share with you guys what I used to be like, because like, I was a very different person and a very different woman and so not in my feminine back then. Um, like touch was like the grossest thing to me, like not the grossest thing, but like I was not a touchy person. And now touch is one of my top love languages. I would still say my love language is definitely number one words of affirmation. Um, but like, I love being told things. I'm a very wordy person. Um, as you guys know, I like words. I like talking. Um, but I now feel so comfortable like touching and I never used to be able to do that ever, ever, ever. And, um, anyway, and this guy that I was with, so his name's Chris and, um, I lived in Melbourne. He lived in Sydney and we met at a Tony Robbins event and it was a trauma one at the beginning because I mean, it was the way that we met was really nice. Um, but I'm not going to go into the whole thing anyway. And there was definitely like the highs and the, no, there wasn't too many highs and lows because a matter of fact, I was trauma bonding him. Okay. Which was the actual problem. So 
So he would always text me. He was always there, um, X, Y, and Z. And like, um, he would phone every night and then I'd go up to Sydney and see him on the weekends and he'd buy me flowers, whisk me away for the weekends. We'd have like amazing weekends, X, Y, and Z. But I was a trauma bond for him because I was actually just like his mum in terms of really fiery. And I would trigger his mum's abuse. Um, but he would also trigger all of my shit with men, um, because he was like double or triple the size of me. He was like six foot six, um, really big. And he would trigger me and he was very like alpha male. Um, and he would trigger me with my fear of like being taken advantage of, um, and not, and not being in power and having my control and my freedom taken away. That's how he would trigger me. So we were, we were both basically being triggered by each other. He wasn't giving me highs and lows in the beginning in terms of the texting, but the highs and lows started where, um, where I wouldn't be able to share what was on my heart. Okay. This is, I think this is, we was, I was not by no means perfect in this guys. I wouldn't be able to share what's on my heart and how I'm feeling. And it would turn into a fight because I would project like I would, I would close down or I would project or I would cause drama because I would think that's how I'm actually going to get love. That was my problem. I thought causing a fight, what I wanted, this was the, this was Disney in my head, right? This was like movies in my head and the media. We have a fight and then he grabs me and he takes me and he's like, no, Monica, don't. And then he just whisks me away, right? We have amazing break. We have amazing, not breakup sex. We have amazingly hot sex because I've caused drama. So to me, drama equaled then I get love because I will be like taken and I'll be, that's what I, that's what I actually wanted. And I didn't, I didn't know this at the time. And I actually remember I was feeling super overwhelmed by everything one time. We were in Ikea, like, shopping for a new bed frame for him. And I got in the car and I started crying and I couldn't tell him why. And then, I don't know how, and then, like, a fight fight happened. And this was me. I was so, like, triggered by him and his, like, um, fire. And he wasn't actually a fiery person. He was fiery, but he was actually a cancer. His moon must have been something fiery. Anyway, I wasn't into that stuff back then. His, like, let's say aggression. Yeah, I'll use the word aggression because he was, like, quite alpha male, right? And I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't, I didn't know how to be in my own power and in my feminine at the same time where I could hold that. My nervous system was fucking shrinked as shit. So I remember this fight. And so I actually stormed away from the house. I left the house and I went to my friends who were at Bondi Beach in that day, which was lucky. And I went and I cried to them. I didn't know what to do. And instead of me trying to solve it and sit down with him and like be open to it. And like, he also wasn't trying to like be open to me. Let's just be real. I like would just leave. And I went to my cousin's house and I broke up with him because of it. But at the same time, I was breaking up with him because I wanted him to like chase me. And if you can see, this is a trauma bond and it's a pattern because I am acting from a place of woundedness because I don't know how to express what I'm actually desiring. And he didn't know how to express what he was actually desiring either. It's funny, right? Even though we met at Tony Robbins event, we like had not done the fucking inner work to Eddie, but he thought he did. Like he thought he, he thought by reading books that he did the work. I'm like, dude, no, hold on, I need a sip. Mm. Anyway, so point being is, I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. Let me, if I have to pause this again, Jesus Christ, Monica, one sec. Okay, so Disney Fantasy, can't even fucking talk. Okay, talking too fast. So, um, what was I going to say? So yeah, a lot of us living in this reality of like what I was explaining to you, if we have all these desires, but we don't know how to express them and that, that we don't, we don't, we, we don't know how to um, bring them across, right? Or we don't know how to bring them across and it's also like a very, very false expectation or not a healthy expectation. How the fuck is it healthy to be like, I'm going to cause a fight and then I'll get love. 
Jesus Christ, Monica. It's like, actually, how about you share how you're feeling and be like, I really need to cuddle right now. That's way better. Oh my God. How much, how much that just saying that my nervous system is like, ha, ah, just saying that. Right. So what else did I want to say? Um, oh yeah. So Disney's really fucked us in that scenario. And I also, the reason the way that I've also been seeing it fucking my clients and also me, I will say is we become so obsessed and notice this guys on the way that we meet people because it's like, Oh, it's meant to be. So with this guy, Chris, for example, we met at a Tony Robbins event. Oh, actually I should tell you how we met because then it makes sense. So we met at a Tony Robbins event and basically what happened was there, um, I was, we had like a lunch break and I came back in and someone had taken my seat and I was like, fuck this dick. (laughs) Typical. Um, So then I went to go get one of the volunteers because there was like no seats near where I was sitting. And I was like, great, where am I going to sit now? Like it was very, very packed. Um, So I went to go get one of the volunteers and there was a chick standing in front of him. But for some reason, I don't know why. um, Well, I do. My nervous system was like, no, we want him. He's familiar. I like, she's easy. He's, he's like addictive, right? That's what it actually was. So I just walked past the woman for some reason, even though she was in front of him. So she was like the first port of call. And I went to him and I told him like, someone stole my fucking chair. And then we started flirting. And then I can't remember what the fuck happened. We started flirting and then just, there was a lot of sexual chemistry. And so anyway, and then, you know me guys, I'm fucking flirt. Always have been, always will be like literally not even going to go into it, but like, whatever. So then we met that way. And then he was working there, obviously he found me a seat and then he found me later again. And we started talking and then he kept being like, okay, find me later. And I like, wouldn't cause I was afraid. And actually one of the dudes that I met there and we kind of like became like buddies. It was really interesting, right? Because there was no trauma bond with him because he was boring. And, um, he actually asked me out. Um, and I said, no, because again, it was like, "Mm, you're boring, literally true fucking fact. Um, he was, it was easy. He was stable, right? Chris wasn't stable. Um, anyway. And so then long story short, he met me later that night and we like sat in his car for like three hours and just like talked that night. And then I saw him the next day at the event. And then, um, and then I left and he was like, can you let me know when you're back in Sydney? And he texted me as soon as I left and whatever. And then it was like, so he was very, uh, communicative. He was also cancer, very communicative in terms of texting. That's how we met. Now, what then happened is I later remember we were having a conversation at his house in Bondi in bed one night. And we were talking about like, I don't know, something or other. And I always had a rule. Um, I used to have a rule. This was back when I was a bit naive, I will say, but I'm just going to share this with you guys. Cause you know that I'm fully authentic. I used to have a rule that, um, I would never date a dude that did drugs like any drugs of any kind. I was like a hard fucking no. I had no idea how prevalent drugs were, to be honest. I was like living in a little bubble. I've never done drugs. I really want to do mushrooms. I've been having this like very strong calling for a spiritual experience, like like setting up the whole space. Like my friend, you guys know Dom. Um, he's like full into this sort of stuff. So like he'll help me set up the space and everything. And I've got someone here to do it with that's like done it before and X, Y, and Z. And I really want to do it for a spiritual journey um, and making it like this full ceremony, but not just to like get high and have fun. Cause like, honestly, I don't even need to do that to get high. I get high sober. Like it's fucking weird. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. And he told me that like, sometimes he'll be at festivals and I'll take drugs. And I remember clear as fucking day being like red flag. And he knew it was a red flag cause he, he saw my face and then I brushed it off and I was like, Nope, it doesn't matter because it's meant to be. 
And the reason why I thought it was meant to be was because I was so obsessed with the way that we met. I was like, oh my God, the universe, like they made that person sit there. And then for some weird reason, I didn't ask that girl. I asked Chris instead and then blah, blah, blah happened. And he's perfect and X, Y, and he buys me flowers and he picks me up at the airport and we go on holidays every weekend in Sydney and we go on adventures, X, Y, and Z. And I was so fucking obsessed with the way that we met that I would... And, and what he would do for me um, in terms of my fantasy in my head of like, oh, flowers and dinners and rah, and all that kind of stuff that I actually um, would brush off every red flag. And it's really interesting because I've had clients and when I bring this to them, they're like, holy fuck, I've done the exact same thing. Then you'll meet somebody like online or something where there is like nothing. And it's funny because I've met all of my best friends that I have right now online. um, And there's like nothing sexy about the way that you met in terms of Disney romance. But, but what I've noticed is because of that, whether whether this is online dating, whether it's through Instagram, whether it's like a friend setting you up, whether it's through like a work thing or whatever it is, um, and there's nothing sexy about the way that you met the person. What I've noticed is that generally speaking, because it's nothing sexy, you're not already in a fantasy led when you meet them. So when you meet them, you are like, do I like your personality or not? Do we get along? Are there red flags? And you're actually more, it's like an interview process, right? Of like, do we jive? And therefore, because there's no trauma bond, generally speaking, straight away, you're actually more likely to see the red flags that are not a vibe for you and the green flags. Does that make sense? And so it's, I almost sometimes feel like the online world has created um, a situation where it's easier to make sure there's less trauma bonding because you're not so obsessed with the way, or maybe not trauma bonding, the online world has made it easier to like see whether you actually jive with that person or not. And it's funny because people then go like, oh, like dating's so hard. And it's like, actually dating probably isn't hard. It's probably that you're either trying to find a trauma bond or you're seeing, you're meeting these people. You're like boring, 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 because you're like trying to look for a trauma bond because your nervous system doesn't know how to like hold something that's fucking normal. Um, or um, you're not seeing it as a fact of the fact of the matter of like, well, in real life, you think dating's easier because if you meet someone in a bar and there's a spark, you're like, done, easy, be my husband, let's have babies. But the reality is that you actually, that's a trauma bond, if that makes sense. Anyway, let me get into some of these questions because like I'm going round and around a little bit and it's already been 33 minutes, but I'm feeling like it's going to be a fucking juicy episode. So please make sure guys that you leave a review, please like a written one, please, please, please. Okay. Let me open these questions for you guys. Um, okay. So let me go to the first ones. Uh, this is the first, hold on. Which one's the first one? I don't know. Um, I'm just going to go from this one. Okay. So trauma created from broken trust related to sexuality being thought of your yoni. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm assuming you're asking how to get rid of that. Well, you're in Queen Alchemy. That's Queen Alchemy. I, there was a few questions that someone someone else asked, actually. Um, how do we, like, get rid of it? Where was it? How to release womb emotion from your ex-partner. Maybe you're not, like, maybe you're a new follower. Um, just an FYI, guys, I never give you processes in free resources. One, because you need to pay to get that, but also because I need to be there with you in the container. It's super unethical otherwise, because you can actually lock yourself in more trauma. So if you want 
want to do like womb work and womb clearing and all that kind of stuff, then make sure that you look at Queen Alchemy for the October round or working with me one-on-one. So next question, should we be part of our partner's trauma healing process or is that just on them? So you should do your own trauma healing and they should do their own trauma healing. That's what you're going to do. And maybe you guys can be doing it at the same time and you guys can be sharing it. It can be a really beautiful process where you guys get to be so vulnerable with each other, but you want to do it separately. So you want to do it with your own coaches. You could each have your own coach or you could have the same coach, but don't be doing it in different sessions. I actually do couple sessions, but in those couple sessions, I do separate as well. It's like we do one couple session, one husband, one, one wife, wife, one, or one girl, one, like one, one boyfriend, one girlfriend, or if it's the same sex, X, Y, and Z. Um, so you actually, you don't want to be doing the trauma stuff together because you have your own shit separately and you've brought your shit into the relationship, but you need to work on your own shit separately. And then the relationship will improve. Think about it. Like the relationship is the byproduct of the two of you together. Like, like you plus him, if you're in a same sex, you plus, sorry, in a, a heterosexual, you plus him equals your relationship. So if you want to fix the, the outcome as in your relationship, you, you need to work on your shit separately, basically. Okay. Um, so looking forward to this. Yay. What's the healthiest way to get mental distance from it? Um, or I'm assuming you mean mental distance from trauma bonding is, uh, what's the healthiest way to get mental distance from trauma bonding or doing this stuff. Yeah. I would say doing this work and then expanding your nervous system where you're you actually feel safe to sit in your trauma. That's what you need to be able to do. Okay. How to stay independent. I, and that's really hard sitting in your own trauma and expanding your nervous system to be able to hold it. That is really challenging. How to stay independent. I forget myself and always want to be with that person. Nothing else. Emotions, something I just cut off. So this is where that's a trauma bond. So you actually need to, um, you need to work on your trauma stuff so that you don't forget yourself because that is actually you falling into relationships where it is a trauma bond and that's why you forget yourself if you were in a relationship where there was no trauma bond you shouldn't be losing yourself so you also need to make sure that you you heal your trauma stuff okay this is it's probably going to be a similar answer for most people um and staying independent is actually about like you being a separate person to your relationship this is what i always say so like if Okay, so for example, some people have the definition of like when I put a label on a relationship, it gets boring. Or as soon as we get into like a serious relationship, or I, or as soon as the it's, your you know your your boyfriend might be thinking, or the guy that you're dating, as soon as I put a label on this, shit's gonna go downhill. If you have that definition, can you see how that's not a healthy fucking relationship? Because in my mind, I'm like, if you're in a relationship, you guys should make each other better people. So when someone expresses that to me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I do not want to be taking you away from your work. I do not want you to be thinking this is going to turn into something fucking weird or your life's going to get worse. I want you to be excited to put a label on it where like, fuck yes, I get to now celebrate you as my girlfriend or I get to celebrate you as my boyfriend and we get to become better as a team. So you, it's, actually, it's so healthy to be two individual people killing it at life separately and you come together and it's like you kill it even more because it's two people killing it equals a fucking explosion. That's what you want to be doing. Okay. So this is really about work. That's really about working on yourself. Okay. And being like so fucking in love with yourself that you would never lose yourself in a relationship and making sure that you're dating people that don't make you feel like you have to lose yourself to be enough for them or to like fit into their bubble. Does that make sense? That's a really important thing for me. It's like, I know that I'm a lot and if dude ever made me feel like I had to dim my light to like fit in with him I'd be like okay that's that's you that's cool but like that's not a vibe for me because like I want I I I need to be with someone that fucking loves how energized I am and how like how a lot I am because I love it um what's your advice on giving people second chances oh I love this question I think everyone deserves a second chance and people do change 
people do change. So if you've dated someone where in the past they have like that's like been like a shit boyfriend or a shit girlfriend or whatever, and they come back around and you bump into each other and you want to do it again, if if things have changed and if they have changed and if you have changed, absolutely give them a second chance if you want to. If you want to. Now I want to say one thing. If the trust was broken, it can take a long time for the resentment to fade. The resentment needs to fade in order for you to rebuild the trust. I wanted to say that one thing. So you do need to work on that and he needs to work on that. And you do need to work on yourself and release the resentment towards him, which we would do in Queen Alchemy. Okay. Or in one-on-one. The other thing that I also want to say, um, with giving people second chances is I really don't like it when people go like, Oh my God, he cheated on you. How the fuck can you need to give him a second chance? And it's like, well, what, what people don't understand is if you're a woman, for example, and your partner cheats or even the other way, no, it's generally actually, if you're a woman and your partner cheats on you, what can actually happen with cheating is that, especially with men, is that if they're in a like shitty mental capacity or mental space or whatever, they actually, and this will sound crazy to some of you, but it's true, they actually will not remember cheating. They, they will get so swept away in what's happening in that two-hour period that they literally will not even realize it was wrong. And this can be really hard to hear, but it's funny, right? Because it, what will actually people, I'll say, I'll say this to my clients and they're like, wow, he was telling me like, I wasn't even there. I don't even, I barely remember it. I don't even, for some reason, I don't even think it was wrong, but I know it's wrong. But at the time I didn't think it was wrong. That is because of their like mental capa- mental capacity and shit going on for them at that moment. So giving people second chances is a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm so here for it. And I hate when people shame women for going back to boyfriends when they cheated or shaming men for going back to girlfriends when they cheated. Like people make fucking mistakes. Forgive them. If you want to be able to be forgiven, you need to think of other people and make sure that you're giving people second chances from a place of like your heart and, and love, not from a trauma bond. Like maybe you want to make sure that you have some steps in place um, where like I need to make sure they've done X, Y, and Z before I'm going to give them a second chance. Okay. Um, but also I don't want you guys to give someone a second chance because I've said that. I want you to give them a second chance because you want to. And I do believe sometimes that you need to date someone multiple times to realize how bad they are for you. And if that's what you need to do, then do that to learn your lesson. It's better than being in better than being in this like, oh my God, should I try again? Should I try again? And always wondering. That Chris guy, we broke up like three times, kept getting back together. And then I moved to Sydney and we had like, and then we started seeing each other again for a bit. And then I just wanted friends and benefits and he wanted to date. And we had to go through that for a little bit to, to for me to be like a, for me to be like like, fuck this, because I did a lot of work. And so then I was like, oh, like now I've changed now I'm my feminine. So maybe, maybe like, you know, maybe we're meant to be together because he's really in his masculine. And, and I thought he was really in his masculine and whatnot. And he wanted a woman really in his feminine. But when I then, when we then like started dating again and sleeping together again, I realized, whoa, he's not in his fucking masculine. This is the most wounded man I've like come across with the way that he, the way that he acts and the way, the things that he would like say to me and stuff. Um, um, so, and, and yeah, and I'm not going to get into it, but I had to date him. Like I had to kind of go back to him and we had to go back to each other like a couple of times to realize for me to really realize I never want to be with this guy again. And like, if he was in a gutter and he phoned me, of course I would go and help him because I'm that kind of person. Um, but I never want to, like be in a relationship with him again. Like I obviously wish him well. And I, and I really do hope that he's going well. Like I honestly fucking do. Um, because I spent part of my life with him, but I have no interest in going back to him. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need to date someone multiple times to realize that. And I'm so here for that. 
Okay, so the next question is how to like spot toxic people in initial stages. I've kind of answered that of like you need to know when you feel that like addiction and that's how you that's how you know. Um, when you're like basically addicted to them or like waiting by the phone and kind of like obsessed and stressed about when you're next going to see them, that stress response is like trauma. Um, how to identify narcissists on early dates. Um, okay, so generally it will be like um, – a lot about them or they they're like boasting a good one is actually boasting um about themselves not in like a deep self-confidence kind of like I'm really proud of myself way but like I'm the fucking tits that kind of way um and then I would also be saying someone that just doesn't seem like you just trust your intuition someone that doesn't seem like fucking genuine basically um or they're like a good sign also is like they forget things like you're talking to them and then like you know, the next date or whatever, you'll be like, um, oh, remember how I was telling you this? And they're like, no, you're like, okay, I'm fucking listening. Like someone that doesn't listen to me is like not a vibe. I'm like, listen to what I'm saying. Be present. A lot of people aren't actually present. Um, okay. How do we keep, do we keep our partner because they trigger our shadow so we can heal or walk away ASAP? Okay. So this is about you. You do not walk away from someone because they trigger you per se, hold on a second. You don't need to walk away from someone because they trigger you. You need to do the work on yourself to heal that trigger. If they trigger you in the fact they draw a boundary and you get triggered by that, awesome. Heal that wound around boundaries. But if they trigger you, and and I want to say also, here's a good example. I was triggered. So one of my things was like men leave, right? That's like my thing. Um, and not because my dad left, but because he worked a lot when we, when you we were younger and he'd like leave for long periods of time to like go on a work trip. Um, and I was daddy's little girl, literally had a fucking t-shirt from Supre. If people are Australian here, they know Supre. I had a fucking white t-shirt written with glittery font, daddy's little girl. Still remember it to this day. Anyway, that's how much of a daddy's little girl I was. So um, I had this thing of like men leave. Now the beauty, the, the thing was, I didn't really realize it was heavily there until past boyfriends actually triggered that within me. And that was an opportunity for me to heal. That wasn't their fault. That was an opportunity for me to actually heal that part of myself. Now those relationships one in particular didn't work out because it wasn't meant to work out. But what it did mean is that I became aware of that So when the next man came into my life, who I have no trauma bond with, and he's fucking amazing, I was able to share that with him. And I was able to recognize it when it was really strong. My ego was really, really loud. And I was able to hold myself in that and work through that when that was really loud. And he has showed me that's not the case. And the beauty of that now is that I no longer have that as a trigger because I've been able to open up my nervous system capacity and I've been able to attract in a man where he shows me that isn't the case because I became aware of it. I was like, that's fucking bullshit. So I attracted in a man that does not leave and that's rewired my pattern, if that makes sense. But I had to also be very careful of not sabotaging me leaving because I was like, men leave. So then I fucking leave. Does that make sense? So with that, I say keep your partner um, if they trigger your shadows and work on your shadows, right? Because that's beautiful then because you get – and, like, guys, relationships trigger fucking everything and it's beautiful. Work on it. Um, okay. Uh, next question is – next question. 
Um, the difference between trauma bond versus someone there to bring up your shit to work on. Great question. So generally a trauma bond, like I was saying before, is like a high and a low. It's the adrenaline rush and you get addicted to the adrenaline when they text you the dopamine, when they text you or when they want to see you. And then when you don't really hear from them and they're a bit MIA and not really present, you feel really low. That's a trauma bond. Okay. You're addicted to basically like an abusive cycle. Not that they're an abuser, but like you actually can also be addicted to an abusive relationship, FYI. That's a trauma bond. Someone there to that, that brings shit to work up, that brings stuff for you to work on. Generally, they'll be like pretty stable, but they'll trigger you with the fact that like they draw they draw boundaries or they know their own worth or they're independent um, or that they have their own life. And they're like, no, I can't see you. So we can't, I'm hanging out with the boys. Like maybe can we do Monday night? That kind of stuff is like, that's not a trauma bond. That's actually someone that is really sturdy within themselves and they're bringing shit up for you to work on. Does that make sense? So it doesn't come from them being a shitty human and from your nervous system being like up and down, up and down, up and down. It's like they trigger you because I think with the trigger is also deep down, you know that they're right or deep down, you're like, they actually have a fucking point. That's where they're bringing your shit to work on. So good examples is often like for women, Good examples is like, or even men, people, anyone, right? People drawing boundaries, people being independent, um, people not texting you for a while because they've had a really busy day and then them texting you later in the evening being like, oh my God, my day was so busy. That's one um, where you then have to work on like being okay with like not being codependent. Um, and we, by the way, we do rely on humans. I don't want you guys thinking that like you, you, that you should be able to do life alone because like life is so much more enjoyable and life is meant to be done with other people. So I don't like when people like fucking harp on about like codependency is so bad, codependency is so bad. It's like actually we need people. Like when we are born, we need love from our parents or from a, from a human in order to survive. So like we need love. Um, and life is becomes very hard if you're trying to do everything for yourself all the time. It's way more enjoyable with somebody else. Um, other examples would be like them hanging out with friends. Um, other examples would just be like um, them sharing what's on their heart with you and you feeling really uncomfortable. They're all examples of like uh, triggers, but not a trauma bond, if that makes sense. Um, and often like someone with a trauma bond, it's like they're coming and going, if that makes sense. And that's, that's the high and a low, but someone that's triggering you, it isn't a high and a low all the time. It'll be steady. And then they'll trigger you about one particular thing. And then they'll be steady again. If that makes sense. Um, okay. Next thing. Um, how does going through a trauma as a couple affect the quality of a relationship? Well, that just depends on what you, how you guys work on it together in terms of going through a trauma is big. And if, if, and if you guys haven't done either individually, this is for everybody, we've all gone through trauma. All of us have gone through trauma, whether it's tiny or huge, right? Whether it's related to health, family, money, sex, whatever it is. And if you have not worked on your trauma, you are doing yourself and you're doing your relationships or your future relationship a really big disservice. And if you're in a relationship and you've gone through trauma as a couple, like you are like, it's honestly fucking stupid for you guys not to get help, whether it's from me, a therapist, whatever. Why? Because if you actually care about your relationship, and if you want an amazing relationship, you need to work on your trauma. Trauma does not just go away by you guys just like talking about it a little bit or by you shoving it under the carpet. Trauma is big. And so you want to make sure that you work on it. If you if you buy organic vegetables or if you if you invest in like nice clothes or going to get a massage or if you invest in your health in other ways, you need to be investing in your emotional and, and mental health too. 
Um, so yeah, the quality of the relationship will depend on how you guys have worked through the trauma because it could bring you a lot closer together, um, or it could bring you further apart. Um, how to heal and process the grief once leaving someone you were in a trauma bond with do queen alchemy. Um, because the how is what I teach you in, well, not what I teach you, actually what I will just guide you through and take you through in there. How do we keep our partner? Oh, wait, I've already asked that one. Um, okay. Let me just see if there's any other questions that I've missed. I feel like that is everything. Let me just check my phone one sec. Oh, here. Okay. Why do actually, I have to pause this and go to a meeting and then I'm going to come back and record this the rest of it. Hold on a sec. All right, meeting went so fucking well, so I'm back, bitches. Let me get my pillow so we can just, like, hopefully muffle a little bit of the sound because my window's open. I miss my podcast studio. <laughs> anyway, first of all, problems. Okay, so jumping back to these questions. All right, twin flames and trauma bonding, excuses. Okay, I don't really know what you mean by excuses, but gen now everyone's got, like, I feel like this whole twin flame thing is so fucking confusing. Look, the the this is my, my conclusion that I've come to, guys, that I feel like is going to be valuable for some of you to hear. I believe that we have many soulmates um, and I actually believe that we can have different soulmates depending like like depending on where we are in our journey. So like I believe that I've been in a relationship with some of my soulmates before and they've taught me certain things that I needed to learn or they've triggered massive things I didn't know that I had so that the person that is going to be the healthiest relationship for me, I don't sabotage it or I know to like not be like, oh, this is boring, for example. So I actually believe that there's many soulmates and I also believe, and I've said this to a lot of my clients because quite a few of them have experienced the same thing where you meet someone, you're like, this is my soulmate, but like, I don't, I actually can't be with their human form right now because of either like their wounding or their job or X, Y, and Z, but you're like, I actually don't want to be in a relationship with them because I know that it's not going to fulfill all of my needs. For example... And so you may have met that person and it doesn't mean just because you feel like they're a soulmate, it does not mean that you have to be with them. I really could come to the consensus as well of like, I want to be in a relationship that is fucking healthy. I want to be in a relationship where I'm doing my thing. He's doing his thing. And we are a better team together where we can have fully open conversations and we get to travel together, have fun together. He can hold all of my fire. Um, he's around, I'm around. Like I know that he's there when I need him and vice versa. Um, and that we have very, very similar values. And I actually want someone that is like aware of this work that I do, because let's be real. It actually makes it a lot of, a lot easier. I know I've talked about it with you guys before of like, you don't have to have it. And I've been in relationship with people that don't have it. And that's so fucking okay. Um, and it's been fine, but like, I know some of you guys know, um, if you don't MMM level two or listen to some of my past episodes, like I've met one of my soulmates, um, and there was a lot of synchronicities and the way that we met was beautiful. Like the way that we, our relationship and everything was beautiful. Um, and all that kind of stuff. And there was no trauma bonding with him, but, and I, and I, like his soul is like, yes, like a hundred percent, my soul and his soul like click and it's beautiful. However, his current job that he has right now, I do not want to be with a man that has his current job. Um, and that doesn't mean that I want him to change it. That's actually just like, if he changed it and then we met again, amazing. But I've actually come to the very, I feel really good about it of like, I actually don't want to be in a relationship with him when he's in this job, because I know that I would be so unhappy and it wouldn't actually fulfill me. And I actually want to be with someone that I feel just as good with as I feel with him. 
um, and which is so possible. Um, but I actually realized that I actually want someone that is into this work and whatnot. And that doesn't mean because it was bad with the previous man that wasn't into this work or anything. It wasn't because he held me in all of it and he loved, he loved, he loved me for like all of, um, my wackiness and witchiness and like X, Y, and Z. Um, I've just, it's just a different experience being with someone that is into this work, but I do not think that it's crucial at all, at all. Um, but I, what I, I have noticed is that even with myself, um, is that I just want you guys to be open to also with like the trauma bonding stuff. A lot of people, they go like, oh no, that's not, that's not my type of dude. But if you haven't dated that type of dude before or that type of chick, how do you know that's not your type of person? So I only ever dated like a very particular type of man. Um, and I grew up with a dad that was corporate and X, Y, and Z. So I was always just like, I just want a corporate dude that does X, Y, and Z and blah, blah. And then I've actually realized, you know what? It's really nice to have someone that is around on the weekends or is that home at home at 6 p.m. and not home at, you know, 10 p.m. or that, you know, doesn't have to start work at 6 a.m. They can have a coffee with me and they can start work at 9 a.m. It's actually really fucking nice. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone needs to have that. I've personally just realized that I was thinking I wanted a certain man, but I, it was, it was actually because I only, I'd only ever been exposed to that kind of man. Um, so that's also another thing to note, note with just like, um, not necessarily trauma bonding, but just like being aware of, um, how maybe you're limiting yourself based on just like what you've been exposed to in your life. And then like being like, that's the only thing that I'm attracted to when you don't actually fucking know that because you haven't tried anything else. Um, back to twin flame. So I've met my twin flame and we had the hottest sex in my fucking life. Um, well up to that, uh, yeah, like up to recently the hottest sex in my fucking life. Now I've had hotter sex. Um, just in case any of you wondering, <laughs> um, and that was like the hottest sex that I'd had in, um, that was one of the hottest sex things, sexual relationships, I will say that I've had, but we could not be together. We were just so different. We were in different areas of our life. Um, he triggered the fuck out of me. I triggered the fuck out of him. And now I can hold myself in triggers cause I'm into the work, but he just wasn't. And it's just like, basically it just did not vibe. Like the sex was great. And that was about fucking it. Um, couldn't really hold a conversation or anything like that. It was just like very handsy basically, which I wasn't mad about at the time. So with my experience with twin flames, now this twin flame, I've mentioned him before. He rocked up at my fucking front door because he was actually coming to check out my apartment. And when I, when he was walking up the stairs, I opened the door cause I could hear I, like they ring the doorbell downstairs and then they start walking upstairs anyway. And, um, the, I literally saw a shock of electricity move between us. Like it was fucking cosmic. Now, twin flames, generally speaking, are trauma like they they can be trauma bonding. I want to say this loosely because two people that are very into this work, um, if they are twin flames and they meet, they can be amazing for each other because they can hold each other in their shit and they can hold themselves in their shit. So it actually becomes a ginormous portal for growth and it's trigger fucking central. But if they're both into this work, they can hold themselves in it. But if one person's into it, one person's not disaster. And if they're both not in it, also disaster. Does that make sense? So that's generally the, 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 uh, the whole thing with twin flames. Um, and yeah, just being really careful with like, with like, is there electricity at the beginning? And is that actually a trauma thing? Not like a, you are my soulmate kind of thing. Cause when I met that soulmate, so I met before when I met him, there was no trauma bonding either. Like basically with your soulmate, what they say 
is it feels like your home. And this is why I'm also like, I believe that you can have multiple soulmates. Um, and the person that you want to be with is the person where you feel like your home when you're around them. You don't feel an adrenaline rush around them. You don't feel shaky or you don't feel butterfly-y. No, you feel like you're at home. You feel relaxed. You feel at ease. That's who you want to be with. Butterflies are actually your intuition being like trauma, anxiety, not a vibe. Okay. It's your intuition being like, get away, please. That's what butterflies are. Um, so, and now obviously butterflies can also be nervousness, but, um, yeah, the person that you want to be with, you should feel like you're at home with them. It should be really fucking easy. Basically. Um, why do we date men that treat us like our dads do slash have done? Because that's all, you know, so it's your childhood wound playing out where, um, that's your wounding and therefore you attract that in. This is why you need to do this work so that you stop doing that because that's what I've always done. Right. Hence I attracted in men that would leave, not because my dad left, but because he would leave in terms of, um, like going to work and that kind of stuff. And I dated dudes that worked a shit ton. Like I literally, like fucking out of control, right? So, and, and, and then when you do this work and whatever and you like rewire your nervous system and you're like, actually, I want something else, um, then you stop attracting that in. And if you do attract dad, like if you do attract like your dad in basically, um, you filter it out really quickly because you're like, oh, I actually don't want this and you can spot it straight away. Um, okay. If you have trauma bond, if you have trauma bonded, can you recreate a healthy relationship or is it best to leave? I absolutely believe that you can. I don't want any of you guys to think like, fuck, now I have to leave my relationship because of electricity at the beginning. I just want you guys to notice, is your relationship up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down all the time? If it is, that's not fucking healthy. Can you change that? Totally. Of course you can change it if you both want to change it a hundred percent, but it takes two to tango. Okay. Um, how can you stop a friend from connecting with you only through trauma with offending? How, how to stop a friend from connecting with you only through trauma with offending? So they only connect with you and you offend them? Well, that's just not even a fucking friendship. So I would just end that friendship, to be honest. Um, next question. People who are super keen after first date, then ghost after the second, go and listen to my sex dating in the Me Too um, and the hashtag me two episodes, part one and part two, I talk about ghosting in there. Ghosting is not a fucking vibe. People that ghost, I'm like, you're a shit human. Like I just, I, it's, it's their, it's their, it's their, it's not even a shit human. It's just their trauma acting out and they don't know how to, they don't even know how to like say to someone, Hey, look, you're a really awesome human, but like, I just don't, it's just not a vibe and I'm just going to like end it here. Like, cool. Sweet, sweet. Thanks for telling me. Ghosting is honestly just like fucking rude. Um, so if people who are super keen after the first date, then ghost after the second, like, great. You've just seen their true colors. Bye. Um, I've, I've started so many relationships this way. Is it healthy? No, it's not healthy. How to heal a, t a rough relationship and start trusting again. Um, so generally if there has been a loss of trust in a relationship, resentment is going to be, hold on, I've lost the fucking question. Okay. Resentment is going to be there. Um, and resentment is the killer of a relationship. Now, does that mean that it will resentment will never fade. No, resentment can fade. This is why as soon as you notice a little bit of resentment creeping up in your relationship, you need to then go back to yourself and heal that resentment, whether it's just like you just need like two days of just like you time to just heal that before you come back to him. That's totally fine. Because if you haven't cleared the resentment from your body and then you see him the next day when you still have resentment, it actually just perpetuates the resentment and you, you lock it in your body. So you need then to get space so that you can get rid of the resentment and then come back fresh. 
Um, so if you have lost trust because of resentment, it could take you and him breaking up, um, for example, or spending some time apart to heal the resentment to then come back. But if the thing is, you can't forget what people have done. Like you absolutely can't forget. That's just not a possible thing. You can release the trigger from the event that they've, that they've done. And this is from... Sammy, are you in Queen Alchemy? Your name is familiar, your Insta handle. Um, I don't know whether you're in Queen Alchemy or not. So I think there, hold on, I'm looking at my board. There is, there is a Sammy. I don't know whether you guys are the same person, um, but your name is familiar. So basically, um, yeah, if you, if you have got a rough relationship and you've lost trust, there'd be a couple of things where like, if you're in Queen Alchemy, we can like clear the tr clear stuff from your body. So you're not like getting triggered all the time because that like, you can't make a memory go away, but you can make the charge of the memory go away. So your body's not getting so like, you know, your body doesn't keep relapsing into trauma, trauma cycles. Um, and then generally also with trust for the feminine, it really takes the masculine, not just saying like, oh yeah, you can trust me now, but actually showing. And you need to get clear on like, what does he need to do in order for you or she need to do? in order for you to actually trust them again and like get really clear on that for yourself and like fucking write it down and give it to them. Um, that would be a really good option. And then vice versa. So like, if you're a man listening to this and how do you trust your woman again, it would be the exact same thing. Actions speak louder than words. And you also, time does heal wounds. So you do need to also allow time to heal resentment towards that person so that you're not bringing your resentment into the relationship because that will absolutely kill any chance that you have at trusting them again. Um, okay, next thing. I think that's all of them, guys. So many amazing questions. So many amazing questions. Yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's everything. So many fucking amazing questions, guys. I hope that answered a lot for you about like how Disney's kind of fucked us and marketing and movies and then also trauma bonding and everything in your relationships. Um, I love doing these little like question boxes on Instagram because it gives me plenty to jive on and whatnot. So I hope it was really helpful. Please leave a written review. Um, please also make sure that you have expressed interest for the extended payment plan for Queen Alchemy if you want to. Otherwise, the last one starts in October and we I'll launch it in like September. So make sure that you are on the wait list for that. I'll put the link, I'll put the link to the website here and you can click one of the buttons and you go to the wait list. Um, if you click a button and it opens up to like a opens up to It'll open up to waitlist actually, or it opens up to like, you need to DM me with your payment option or whatever. There's also a click, click join the waitlist thing. Like have a good look. It's there on the website page. Um, so join the waitlist for the next round. So you don't miss out. Um, because the queen alchemy is so much fucking fun. And the last round sold out in like 10 days. It was out of control. So please make sure that you jump on that. So you don't miss out again, or you can just, if you want to secure your spot now, you can just secure it now. Um, if you've missed the date for the extended payment plan, you can just go into a normal payment plan. If you want, um, if you want to secure your spot now, um, what else? What else? Um, if you are needing to, if you want to learn about manifestation and money and all that kind of stuff, MMM level one, and level two are open at the moment. So make sure that you get into those because they're really fun and super high vibe. And I've added some videos in there from Paris and also from uh, Saint-Tropez. So make sure you get into that level two, make sure you get into that. Um, and then just make sure that if you are wanting to do my certification for next year, that you're on the wait list. So you don't miss those emails because if you miss the emails too bad, you can't come 
you can't come crying to me saying, oh, I missed the emails. I, oops, sorry, that's my Yui. You can't come crying to me saying, oh, I missed the emails. Like, can I get the early bird? Like, no, the answer is going to be no. So you guys know I'm really strong on my boundaries with that. So yeah, everything's on the website, so the website pages though. So please read the website pages before you ask me a question because it's really annoying when you ask a question that's already on the website page and it shows me that you haven't actually read it. So everything that you need to know about Queen Alchemy is on there. If you want to add extra one-on-ones, you're absolutely welcome to, as long as I have the capacity. So the earlier that you get in, the more likelihood that I can actually take you for extra one-on-ones. And if you're wanting to be a one-on-one client, female or male, hit me up again, because I can absolutely help help you with that. And I would absolutely love to, obviously. All right. Have a fucking awesome day, guys. Please share this podcast um, on your Instagram story. Please leave a written review because it's really helpful for other people to then know. And then everyone's going to be in healthier relationships and how much better would the world be so much fucking better so yeah have a good day thank you for listening as always i love all of your support and like so grateful for you guys um especially when you share my stuff and send me messages and whatnot i really really appreciate it thank you bye well thank you so much for tuning in i hope that you got lots of chicken nuggets out of today's episode I would be really, really grateful if you'd be able to leave me a review and a star rating that you think is appropriate, hopefully five. And if you could share this podcast so that I can help more women live a life of flow and ease, I would be so fucking grateful. Make sure you tag me in it on Instagram so I can personally thank you because I know so many of my clients have found me literally because their friends have posted about my podcast on their Instagram story. And I just want to help as many women as possible. So by you sharing it, I would be so fucking grateful. And I'm sure your friends would be too. If you do want to welcome me, please do check out my website for all those details. And of course, you can DM me on Instagram with any other questions. If you have any podcast things you want me to talk about, any ideas, any feedback, I am always open to it. And I always love hearing what you guys have to say. So please don't hesitate about that either. I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.